0: Hello, and welcome back to Listen to These Nerds. Uh, tonight we're going to be playing Heroes of Pacific City. I'm John, and I'm not quite running the game, but I'm definitely playing Epimethea.
1: Hi, I'm Chris, and I will be participating in the game as well, uh, with no real GM, I think. Uh, and I will be playing the role of Sam Reynolds, a.k.a. Carsonon.
2: Uh, hello, my name is Harry. I will be playing Jean Dory, a.k.a. Station, in this Slice of Life
3: episode of Pacific City.
4: Uh, hi, I'm Joe, and I'm going to be playing uh, Brandon Hart, otherwise known as Mr. Medium.
3: Uh, hi, I'm my name is Sam, and I'll be playing for, I guess, the first real-time Casila. Uh,
5: and I'm Jonathan, and uh, I'll be playing the Pelicanetic, uh, aka Evelyn Kingland. Alright,
0: so uh, getting started, I believe there was some denouement from yes. the end of uh, of the uh, the arc Harry Jess ran that you wanted mm-hmm. to, to get out of the way. Yes. Love a good denouement.
2: Oh, that denouement is French, so you know it's nice. Uh, so, as I said before, the whole, like, the end of the gang war and really sort of take nail down and make sure that they're not going to cause any more trouble. Um, Epimethea, during this time, you help Nat with um, being able to monitor all of the cameras. It makes, you know, tracking down any, like, latent troublemakers pretty easy. But, um,. Epimethea, I will say that as, like, the weeks sort of go on and as you're doing this, you kind of notice that Nat is not exactly, like, it seems like they're kind of constantly got something on their mind. Like, you'll occasionally see them, like, look back at the, like, the workshop for a a little bit before sort of, like, snapping back and, like, with a look of what looks to be almost like worry on their face before, like, returning back to look at the cameras. And I'm going to say at first, you kind of just chalk it up to, um, ver- like you know, like, okay, this is just them sort of working through a fairly traumatic experience. But you start to realize pretty quickly that this is, like, weighing on them pretty heavily. And I'm going to say that as someone that's been kind of becoming a friend to Nat over the last couple of weeks, uh, or the last couple of months, I should say, um, at some point, this is like something that you're like we sh- uh, like I'm going to see if they want to talk about this.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. Yeah, uh Cassandra will um like one one day when uh it's just her and Nat in, in the base, uh will uh, uh basically go over to Nat and say, "Hey, um is everything okay? You seem a little off, I guess."
2: Um One thing that I should also mention, just because, is that, like, whenever you ask, like, because obviously you're wanting to get sort of get back into the design shop talk with Nat. Um, One of the things that's also been happening is every time that you, like, ask them, oh, like, do you want to work on this little project? They would always sort of, like, dodge the question or kind of say that, like, oh, you know, I don't really feel like working on it right now. And that's sort of the reason why this prompted you that. But yeah, um, so when you ask that, Nat kind of goes, um, whatever do you mean?
0: Uh, You just seem like you've been a little distracted and off, and you've been kind of dodging doing any more work in the workshop with me, and you were kind of, you know, really into that before the whole kidnapping thing happened. I just want to, you know, see if there's anything you wanted to talk to me about. I know you can't exactly go find a regular therapist because of you know this isn't really a regular issue but i mean i'd like to think i can help a little bit
2: well that's it's just i the thing is i i i don't know if i want to make things anymore well that's not true i i know i want to make things anymore but i i don't think i should okay that man the one that helped that um gang member percent i think you heard you called him Mm -hmm. that randall i think i heard carson on say he's definitely my creator he's the one that helped them kidnap me provided them with the knowledge to disable me temporarily to lock my form but he also spoke about my making capabilities the reason why I, I built those things, it wasn't because I wanted to, it's just, I, I couldn't refuse. According to Randall, according to my creator, it has to be him, he built me that way. Called it uh, an addiction, or a mimic to it at least. That sense of joy, what I originally thought was purpose and making, it was just some sort of thing to get me to keep doing it. And so, put in a situation where someone asked me to build something, even if it was someone that I, I despised, I hated. I, I, I couldn't stop. I just, I. And we got lucky. That that man was that percent, He was, he was unwise. He didn't realize the capabilities I had. But if if this Randall character, this Randall person, this, if he knows how to find me, and he knows that this is how I operate, then I. I don't want to do that again. If if I keep creating, I will want to do more and more. And eventually, I fear at some point, I will have to... I don't know. I just... I want to make things again, but I fear that if I do, I'm, I'm putting everyone at risk by doing it. Because
0: I I won't stop. Well, um, you could try doing a different kind of making. What do you mean? Well... I mean, the if you want, I can try and uh, disable your your fabricator, and then you could use your hands, uh, like how I make things, how everyone else makes things, and see. Like if that's not something you actually enjoy, then don't do it. It's
2: not a matter of that. It's I I think I I like it, Even fabricator or not. I think that would work, what I'm more concerned about is materials. The reason why I left the base in the first place was to gain more materials to build more things. And if I keep doing this, I fear that I can't just wait around that at some point if I can't leave the base. After all, Randall's still looking for me, or at least knows a way to keep tabs on me. Somehow. And I know I could probably rely on all of you to help me, but at the same time... How long before I throw caution to the wind because I just can't wait any longer?
0: Well, uh, I mean, it, it. There, there are some things that you'll. I, I guess, uh, like, for one, uh, we can see if you can. We can test your the limits of this addiction. We can see if you can do things in moderation, um, and uh, I mean. It, it really depends you're you're very much a learning being you're you're more than just what you were programmed as that's why the pod had the simulation because you if you were simple enough to just be turned on and be put to a purpose then uh the, then there would be no reason for for that right so and maybe you can learn to manage the addiction that you're uh, your ability to learn and grow and adapt is stronger than whatever compulsion uh, Randall built you with.
2: You, you think I could do that?
0: I don't. I, I think at the very least we can try. And I, the important thing is that we can is that if you're honest with me and I and let me and we figure this out together, and you don't uh, and you keep me appraised of how you're feeling and what you what's going on and you don't feel like you need to hide things or you know um, it, it like if you can f- if it feels like it's getting out of hand it's not your fault and you shouldn't be defined by what you were made for you need to define things for yourself uh, even if it feels like there's like an itching in your brain telling you to do something or what your processors or however you rationalize your own ability to think.
2: And with that sort of Nat kind of like sits there for a bit and sort of weighs on the words a little bit and then kind of looks up and says, well, if if you're willing, I'm I'm certainly willing to try. I, I would still like to help you in any way that I can.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely. I'm look, Nat, I I consider myself your friend and uh, know that whatever we do here, and however much fun I had working with you on this stuff, I'm going to put your safety first before anything else. All right?
2: With that, actually, Nat kind of, like, stands up and goes to hug you, and just sort of was like, Thank you, Cassandra. I I think that's the first time anyone's ever really considered
1: me.
0: Well, no, you you know a very small number of people so i'm sure that had that there are that as time passes and you know get to know more people more people will say that stuff for you
2: He's uh, hoping and then at this moment gene walks in he is carrying what looks to be a laptop and a book that says psychology for dummies and he goes oh hey Cass, hey nat put stuff on the table and then stops immediately kind of feels the vibe of the room and is just like hey uh you know i i could go grab some lunch i'll be back at like i just i'll be going the door closes behind him
0: so cassandra looks at like the book and looks at the laptop it's like when since when did gene start studying psychology
2: uh i'm not sure it may be something related to his unique ability oh that doesn't explain the laptop And I'll say, you know, uh, an hour passes as you guys kind of figure it out. And Gene comes back, and he has a burrito. And again, comes in. Hey, Nat. Hey, Cass. uh, You guys good? Like, I don't, I don't need to go and get a second lunch.
0: No, we're we're fine. Now we're just. uh, Cassandra will point to the laptop and, and the and the psychology book. Explain. Oh. Well, so ever
2: since we figured out, me and my dad figured out what KI can do, he's been kind of curious to see whether or not it can do stuff. If I know more about the brain, uh, here, let me show you an example. Uh, look over there for a second.
0: And yeah, Cassandra will look over in the direction that
2: Jean you see. Has... Uh, so as you turn that way, you see KI sort of come up and very gently place a hand on your shoulder. And then, he point- and then Kiai points in the direction where Gene is. And as you look back, Gene has disappeared.
0: Uh, Cassandra will, like, look around the room generally?
2: Um, yeah, you don't see him. Though you realize that if you, like, concentrate really hard, you can kind of see, like, this faint outline of him. And then all of a sudden, Kiai, like, removes the hand and Gene kind of pops back into sight. Pretty cool, right? I figured mm, out that yeah. I can use Ki to convince your brain that I don't exist. And if that works, I just kind of disappear from people's view. It that obviously
3: would've...
0: doesn't
2: work on cameras, or probably Nat, but, you know, useful in a pinch.
0: I mean, I, I feel like that would have been very useful uh, during the hospital incident.
2: Yeah, sorry, I'm still trying to get the hang of this. You know, there's a lot of this psychology stuff, and it's really dense.
0: Yeah, I, from what I understand, most of it is theory, because... Uh, psychology is an, imper- is an uh, uh, imprecise science.
2: Yeah, but anyway, that's not the reason why I wanted to talk to you. I wanted to talk to you about this. And Gene opens up a laptop, and he's like, okay, so check it out. And Kiai does the, um, the sort of implants its hand into the laptop, and it goes from like a login screen immediately to a blue screen. And he's like, see... I can tell that Kiai is using the Yokoshisu ability somehow on this thing, but I'm not sure how. And I remember you said that you were really good at looking into the van, and I figured maybe you were good at looking into the computer stuff as well.
0: Okay. Uh, what? Oh, so uh, Cassandra's just gonna like look at the blue screen, like see what the like is, is it like a, a proper blue screen with like an error message or is it like?
2: uh it is uh the error you were fairly savvy is something about a like invalid instruction which usually only happens if like a section of the os is corrupted
0: but Uh, gene goes
2: up to the thing pushes like uh power cycles it and it reboots just fine
0: okay
2: so yeah i can't figure out heads or tails of it i've just been kind of you know doing that over and over and seeing if something changes but
0: what are you trying to get it to do
2: I'm trying to get it to log in and you actually like look over at, uh, Kiai's arm and it has the word log in on the little, like uh, word wheels on it.
0: Mm. Okay. So, um, Cassandra will proceed to do several tests with, uh, gene and the ability, uh, basically like having ki, like target, like the hard drive and the, uh, and like the processor and the Ram and seeing like what, like if that changes like how things are going and like is like runs an active diagnostic to just like watch what this weird mystic ability is doing to this computer so what
2: you realize that ki is doing is that it is somehow imprinting the word like depending on where it's if it strikes the processor or the hard drive it's actually like implanting the word like login or open or whatever like into the code of the machine which is the reason why it blue screens, because now it's got this large section of instruction that's just a single word that it doesn't know how to parse. And yeah. you realize that if Gene could somehow, like, learn how to code and could upload code like this, he could basically do SQL injections to any system so long as he's using, like, the right code, um, you know, syntax.
0: Yeah, okay. So, uh, So yeah, I guess Andrew gets, uh, like... Sets Gina up on a programming for babies website. <laughs> <laughs>
2: what the hell is all this? Hello world.
0: Yeah. So, basically, what you're doing is you're p- putting the actual word "login" into the computer, and the and... computer doesn't know how to read that word. So, uh, for instance, uh, like let's say the that she sets up like the, the the laptop to have the, like the one two three four password. Yeah. Okay. So this time. Put the actual password into Ki and have Ki attempt to inject the password into the text, like into the text so, field.
2: Okay. And whoop, and yeah, computer logs in. Oh, oh.
0: Yeah. So what you need to do is to give the computer instructions it knows how to read.
2: Oh, that's so cool! Wait, that means I gotta learn how to program, don't I?
0: And Cassandra, like, put, points to the Coding for Dummies, uh, you know
2: Yeah, she, she slams another uh, Coding for Dummies book on top of the Coding for Psychology book Faces like, yeah. Oh man Gotta learn more stuff? Crap mm.
4: Audience uh, laugh track Pan away
2: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, um, uh, yeah Those are the two things that Uh, were the denouement for that mm. Uh, somebody wants To take over
0: Maybe we switch gears here and uh, go check on how Casilla is doing getting acquainted to um, Pacific City.
3: The only real scene that I had, so uh, I haven't really been introduced to you guys, but I feel that, like, Casilla would continue to like, basically go person to person in the streets uh, looking to see if they could find Uh, a hero that they would know, either uh, Epimethea, uh, Mr. Medium, or the Harpy, which obviously uh, the Harpy isn't there, but she's going to go around to try to find a hero that can get her in touch with them.
0: Well, uh, when we last saw Casilla, you were heading off with uh, Vindictive, right? Yeah, well, I
3: was going to say, like, Casilla was in, like, what she did after that is she basically went to, um, find a place to sleep for the night. Hmm. Um, but I'm not really sure, like, if that would involve anybody else in the call?
2: Um, well, it would involve Vindictive, because he basically said, um, like, I can, like, you know, I can help you out, but you're gonna need to, like, find your own place to stay. So where has Casilla kind of set up camp? Uh, and, um, her, uh, Yeshi set up, set up camp?
3: Um, well, uh, for one thing, I think that Kasila probably, um, parted ways with Yeshi in general, because Yeshi has sort of given her a, um, like, free reign, and just said, listen, you're gonna be in the city, you're gonna be on your quest, or whatever, I'm gonna go do me. Uh, And so, the two of them,
1: Yeah. mm -hmm, I like to think that she used those exact words, you're going to do your <laughs> quest or whatever.
3: Yeah. Well, and, and she she was doing it, and like she's like, You're doing your thing, I understand you youth, but you go do you. I'm going to go do me.
2: I'll be back in six months. If you're not dead, I'll consider training you some more.
3: <laughs> Try not to die. I don't want my apprentices dying. It makes me look like a bad teacher.
2: And also, I'm jealous that you can actually die.
3: <laughs> I'm going to go try and die.
1: <laughs>
4: Hopefully, I'll never see you again. But if I do see you, well, I guess that's
3: fine. <laughs> <laughs> if I do see you again, I, I guess that's expected. Kind of disappointing, really. Um, she, she basically, but getting back to it, she basically just sort of like, all right, I'm gonna go do my own thing. And Casilla. Um I assume, sorry, Harry, what was vindictive it? vindictive, yes. right? Vindictive. I assume that like Casilla basically like at one point on the way, like she went to you and went, how do I get in contact with you? Where can I find you?
2: You've got a phone?
3: What? No, I do not I, I do not have a phone.
2: Okay, okay. All right, fine. So vindictive walks you to like the apartment complex that he's in. He explains how the buzzer system works. Like, you know, buzz this. If you don't hear an answer, it means I'm out. I'll probably be back in a couple hours. Okay. Uh, Other than that, sit tight somewhere around here that I can find you. Because once I set up the meeting with, you know, Torch, we're probably going to have to, like, motor on over there. Oh, and one other thing. I know when you meet Torch, you're really going to want to tell them all about fighting that ballet dancer. And that's good. Nothing wrong with a little braggery. But the thing is, you know, Quintess and Brian and um, and uh, the Liquidator, see, they've all kind of got their own lives going on. They've got people that they care about. Me, I'm just me. I'm doing this for a lark. Um, and yes. Hopefully a big payday. So we could talk up fighting them, but try not to mention any of the others. Just so that that way, like, you know, we're not dragging them into our business. You understand?
3: I do not know who these others that you speak of are. Great! Fantastic! I I hope that I can also do this for a lark. I assume this is something of a bird?
2: Oh, God, right, you don't understand idioms. Ah, you know what? Just forget about the lark thing. But yeah, we're good on that?
3: Yeah, I will find a place to stay. Thank you so much. Um, and could you describe the... Because I don't really know. What is the neighborhood that you're in right now? Is it, like, suburbia or... No,
2: it's uh like, edge of downtown, like, east side.
3: Okay, like, so not like,
2: right in the middle of it, but like close enough where you got to put bars on the
3: windows or of thing. Okay, so 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 kind of lower. East, okay, fair enough. Um, I'm gonna say that um, you don't really hear from Casilla like that evening, mm-hmm. but the next morning, uh, you're gonna hear uh, like a, a either a knocking on your door or a buzzing of the of the buzzing. I I don't know yeah. if your door is I- like a.
2: Yeah, it's one of those uh, like apartment buzzers comes over like yeah,
3: and uh, you're gonna hear uh, uh, an actually a a guy saying, uh, "Well, howdy neighbor, uh, is this a vindictive?" Well, um, so if you read, it um, be
4: Vincent, right? Yeah,
3: it'd be Vincent, basically. Okay, is this a a, well? Well, actually, no. She would he would say, "Is this a, a vindictive?" Unless you uh, would have given that to Casilla, you'll be on that.
2: That's fair, yeah. Um, and then he's just gonna go, "Who's asking?"
3: Well, this is uh, George. I'm uh, three doors down from you guys in this uh, here apartment building, and uh, I figured that Casilla uh, asked me to see if you could co- pop on by and come on down for breakfast with the whole family. What?
2: Uh,
3: well, we're making breakfast, and Casilla uh, asked if you could come on down. And uh, I, I'm more the merrier in our, in our humble abode. Uh, I can't promise you much, but my wife, uh, she makes a, a mean set of hash browns.
2: Uh, yeah, sure. Just uh, let me get dressed. I'll be right over, all right? Oh,
3: okay. Yeah, sure. What
2: the hell did this kid get up to? And so, yeah, Vindictive will get dressed. Uh, Vincent will get dressed. He's not going to wear his, like, uh, his super suit because obviously this isn't, you know, one of those things. And, uh, yeah, he'll go over.
3: So about three doors down, as you said, it's like, you know, it's kind of like Lower East Side. It's not like the, the you know, like a, a ghetto or anything, right? But it's, it's a semi-lower yeah. uh, class neighborhood. You see a house that has um, a door that you can tell has been recently broken and then fixed. And like broken in like half. Huh.
2: Uh, or like, like,
3: like, like, like something has been forcibly opened. Yeah. And then fixed. And uh inside, or actually at the door, um like a 40 something man wearing like a um, you know, kind of casual, I assume it's like a Saturday, Saturday, you know, weekend wear yeah. opens up and says, "Oh, hi. A vindictive I'm sorry. I I know that you 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 super folks, they they, they prefer to have, they might have a, a different identity. Do not worry. You are completely safe with us. Yeah, but, but if you sure. would prefer, do you have a different name that you prefer. I call you. Yeah, Vince. Vince is fine. <laughs> Vince. Okay. Vince, uh, well, come on, come on in. I, I'll, I'll introduce you. Uh, I'll introduce so,
2: Uh, when you say the door is fixed, does it mean like it's cut in half and then someone bolted both halves together?
3: Uh, somebody has done what is. Maybe uh, a little bit of um, uh, mystical, like, uh, concept cutting work and a little bit of, um, like, good old-fashioned nails and, and, and boards work mm. um, to, to create the illusion that the door is, is, is fixed. It is not fixed, but it, it serves. Okay.
2: right and uh, so yeah Vince is looking at the door and like he said he goes alright well understandably about the door uh, how much is it going to cost to like you know keep this quiet you know like can't be more
3: than oh, 100 bucks. If, if this had been last night when she first came in I would have hollered to high hell I swear but this morning we are going to have ourselves a feast and then I am going out first thing after this I'm going to get this door replaced myself do not worry so oh, come on Vincent, in, come on
2: in. Vincent is starting to wonder, like, did she cut out the concept of anger from these
5: people?
3: Um, and inside, he said, oh, you I've already introduced you, my name is George, this is Martha, and, uh, a sort of, like, house, you know, like, a, a 40-ish, 30-ish year old woman is going to sort of, like, um, Hi, how are you doing? Uh, come on down. And two kids, uh, one in his, um, his... Early teens, I would say, and one that's about six, seven year old girl. And then Kasila are around yeah. the, the, the this big table, and they're having like that they, they have like tons of food, and kasila is showing her sword to the the uh, younger of the kids and saying, and then I stopped and cut the concept from cold from the ballet dancer. I was a true hero of Pacific City. Oh, hello, Vindictive, you are back.
2: Uh, yeah, like, you can see that, like, vi- like Vindictive is, like, sort of, like, pinching the bridge of his nose. He's like, oh, boy. <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah, Casilla. I see you've made some friends. Yes, we're
3: having breakfast right now. This, right. This is something I do know, but I have never had a breakfast like this before. And she'll point to all the different, like there's eggs, there's a really good looking set of hash browns, there's like a pancake. It's like one of those things in like one of those, um, like 90s movies where yeah. like, they, they make this massive spread and you're like wondering and you're like, how is, like, how do you make something like this without one part of it becoming super cold? A- yeah, and, the usual spread. Yeah, and and she'll go, come, we're eating. It's time uh, to... Right, and then, okay. And then me and you, we will find a uh, torch.
2: Right. Okay. Uh, so yeah, um, vindictive is gonna sit down to eat, and then after eating, is gonna like thank George, thank his wife, you know, say goodbye to the kids. Yeah. Uh, and very try and like get Casilla like into a place where they can talk without them overhearing. Okay. And, and- like. Just sort of was like, so I'm assuming we're like leaving, saying goodbye, we get down the street, and then he just suddenly turns to me and goes, okay, what the hell was that? Oh. I know you chopped the door in half. You didn't do anything else to those people, did you?
3: I helped them. How? Well, this is what Master Yeshi told me, is that we must go and offer to um, help with our skills, and in exchange, we will get uh, housing. And so I did what I do best and i cut
2: but you cut the okay what did you cut
3: (laughs) the man he wore spectacles so i cut the concept of bad vision from him i fixed his eyes so that now he can see and the wife she had terrible back pain she said she could hardly move so i cut the concept of back pain
4: that woman's gonna get stabbed in the back and die. from oh, yeah! Of- <laughs> she, she,
3: can no longer, she can no longer feel the back pain.
1: <laughs> She's
4: yeah. gonna, like, fall onto, like, a nail and gonna get stuck in her back forever. She'll never realize it. She's gonna get tetanus.
1: Or even worse, uh, like, a couple years down the line, she's in the doctor's office, Yes, the tumor grew rather large on her spine. If only we'd caught it sooner, we may. Maybe. Are you
4: would. not in extreme pain? Like, what's what's <laughs> happening here? <Yeah.
2: laughs> your your back muscles are destroyed. You must have been doing serious work. How could you not feel this?
4: She's <laughs> like one. She's like a like. She's one like one of those uh like really old people who has like really really like curved back, which oh, is like a yeah. fucking circle. <laughs> it's like yeah. bent.
1: And she's just walking along, just whistling to herself. Yeah.
4: Yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. I mean, oh, honestly, still sea, sounds sea, better than yeah, having back yeah. pain.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. No.
3: And and then she'll, she'll say, and uh, the young one, the girl, she had something called a oma. Oh, I got rid of it. They were very happy.
2: Okay. Now things are starting to make sense. <laughs> I was I was worried for a second that you'd like cut the anger out of them, and now they were stuck being like Stepford Smilers. Oh, jeez. Okay,
3: that's oh, anger. that's a lot better. Anger. Right. A hard concept to cut.
2: I bet it is. Alright, listen. Uh, let's go over to the hardware store and let's set up a meeting, shall we? And, is that um, where Torch is? No, but it's gonna get stuff that will sh- that you'll help us show Torch that you mean business.
3: Oh, they will require aid too. Yes. Uh,
2: well, uh, we should
3: let's... have an exchange. <laughs> what concepts do you think that they would need cutting?
2: Listen, let's not worry about the helping thing quite yet. Let's worry about letting them see what you can do. All right.
3: I understand.
2: All right. So as I make my way to the hardware store, um, Vindictive is going to dial the number uh, of the
5: cell phone that he gave. To That's George. probably uh... the burner phone that he gave to me. Yes. Uh, all right. Evelyn will answer. Uh, hello. I thought I was supposed to be the one calling you. Yeah, no, listen, there's, uh, there's
2: a person you gotta meet, and they are, like, that's good, don't worry, this isn't like a merino goon looking to do something. Uh, I've got someone here who's, like, your biggest fan, and, like, look, you just, you have to are meet you an? I in swear, the- this is worth your while.
3: In, in the background of, sorry, sorry in the background, when he says she's your biggest fan, you will hear somebody say, Is that the Hapri? <laughs>
5: Are, Listen, help a man out. Would you? Are you moonlighting as an agent now? What? What's going on? Be, be straight with me.
2: Okay, look, I look. Uh, how long ago, uh, as a group? How long ago would this have been from when the incident with um, Prima Frosta happened? Uh, yesterday. But, but yeah, like, like, like a Frosta. day or two. Yeah. 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 My- well, yeah,
4: that that the the, the entire one shot can exist pretty much any time, right?
2: Yeah, but it would probably yeah. be soon because
0: Casilla hasn't been here for yeah. that long.
4: Yeah. yeah, well, it's also Christmas, isn't it? No, oh wait, no, was, sorry, that was the previous oh, one. Bad.
0: That was, that was the previous one, which exists nebulously in holiday times. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> the holiday dimension.
1: No. Also, we need to consider how long Vinny would be able to tolerate having Casilla hang around. Yeah. yeah, so it's like, okay,
2: two days ago. You remember when Prima Frosta broke out of uh, jail? Uh, yeah, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, well, look, me and this person that I want you to meet and a couple friends of mine, we took care of that. Oh, and really? I'm going to tell you... This I heard it was the yeah. Coast Guard. Yeah
3: well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, they, Ooh, yeah,
2: well, I mean, they threw a net on her, but we softened her up for the most of it. Anyway, listen, this person, uh, this, this this girl, this, um, she's basically been looking, apparently, across the entire fucking ocean looking for you guys. And I think you're going to want to meet her, if only because... Um, you don't want what she can do falling into the wrong hands. Please, just help a guy out, would that's, you? It's just a
5: meeting. It'll take, like, maybe 30 minutes. That's top. a pretty strong sell, I gotta say. Um, you know, technically, it's my day off, but uh, I'll see what I can do. I'm call call you back in about 20 minutes.
2: Yeah, uh, one thing, you're probably going to want to bring Epimethea and Mr. Medium, maybe the whole crew. Huh. You know. That's serious, huh? Sorry, you don't exactly have... Uh, yeah, well... She's kind of wanting to meet the uh, those two and the Harpy, but I know the Harpy isn't really around anymore. What was
5: that? Nothing! Okay. Has she been living under a rock? All right, never mind. I'll ask questions when we get there. Um, All right. Oh, where are you again?
2: Uh, and he's going to list off, like, uh, a nearby
5: park, basically. Okay, well, uh, I'll call you back when I got the team on board. Um... Yeah, uh, I guess I'm just trying to figure out if, if this is you doing us a favor or if it's the other way around, you know? Uh, I, I Look, know we're. If you manage to get her off my hands, this is you doing me a favor. All right, well, I'll keep that in mind for the future. See ya. Ah, damn it. <laughs> All right. And uh, uh, yeah. so e-
0: This is Vindic's fault for uh, giving the, the fun to the shrewdest negotiator <laughs> in Torch.
2: Yeah, no, I should have given it to Mr. Medium. <laughs> that would have been a ways yourself.
0: how
4: many suplexes can she do
5: can she do one um all right so Uh, what 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 is a suplex evelyn's actually been like off for a few days this last kind of round uh, this last like episode of events was really rough on her physically and emotionally yeah um and so she's been kind of laying low, but she's let the team know. Um, but she's gonna like you know send a message out on on the uh, like team communicators, um, like hey, uh, I know I said I wasn't gonna be around for a few days, but I just got a, a kind of interesting call from Vindictive. He has some, I wouldn't call it an offer. He has someone who wants to meet us. Uh, do you think we could organize a meeting at, at this time in this place? And she'll drop the location of the park
0: um
4: you get a yeah. text back from
2: gene did it sound like a trap question mark
4: mr medium just says a thumbs up and asks like when just gets the when and where essentially
2: no
5: about a trap uh, to be honest it kind of gave me the vibe like he was being held hostage or something i don't know that guy's kind of hard to read um anyways <laughs> he said that the whole team should be there which is a little suspicious now that i think about it uh but yeah uh Let me know.
2: Well, it's a park, so it's not like a lot of... So you get a text back, Well, it's a park, so it's not really that great of a spot for an ambush. Alright, sure.
0: Yeah, um... uh, Cassandra will text back, Sure, I'll show up. I mean, at least it's not another car park.
1: (laughs) Um i am gonna message in at this point because ever since this happened like Carsonon has been not appearing in public and basically has only been in costume at the base Good and call. Stuff. so yes yeah, sam jumps on the group text and says do you want uh, he coming?
5: did say the whole team but uh i mean you don't have to be in costume actually you know what since we don't know if it's an ambush or not, maybe you could be like in an alleyway or a next block over or something, watching with a telephoto. Uh, that that could be helpful.
1: Okay, um, I think I know a coffee shop nearby. I can, uh, yeah, I can hang out. Great,
5: sounds good. All right, uh, I'll uh, I'll uh, let Vinny know, and uh, yeah, she'll set up the meeting.
2: All right. Uh, you get an enthusiastic, like, great, fantastic sea event, and the meeting is going to be, like, a little bit in the evening, just so that it's not, like, you know, broad daylight, like, you know, bunch of people around, but it's still, like, you know, the park is going to be more or less well,
5: empty. Do we want to jump straight to that?
1: Yeah, sure, unless anybody has anything else. Okay. So, Harry, I yes. want to ask Ever since the denouement, there are a couple questions. One of them being, what has the police situation been like in response to calls for arresting Carson? On? Um, you've been
2: keeping your head down pretty much, right? Yeah. Uh, I'll say like in terms of and I'm assuming like you've been kind of keeping in um, contact with Detective Iverson just to kind of get. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm going to say the presence kind of dies down. Like, there are still, from what he can gather, it's not as big of a thing, since you're not continuously escalating, but there's still a, it's not like, you know, it's it's not like people are actively hunting for you, but it's more one of those things like, oh, if they happen to run into you, maybe, you know, try a little bit. Okay, great. You get the feeling that at least you're probably not shoot on sight anymore, at least not for any cops that are, you know, having ulterior motives.
1: Yeah. Basically, I just listened to, to him say, shoot on sight, and I just shake my head wondering how I could have ever been a member of that same kind of organization. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, basically, uh, I'm going to keep this in mind, but I am going to, yeah, get ready to head out. Not in costume, because ever since then, uh, I've been lying low at the base just doing work around the base, like cleaning, uh, making meals for people in case, you know, people are pulling an all-nighter and need something to eat, uh, doing research on cases and stuff, updating the map of the city, like, doing everything I can to help the team out without leaving the base. And visibly, it's been weighing on him, so when he heads into the coffee shop for the stakeout, like, he sits down at a table and he's looking a little scruffier than maybe a lot of you are used to seeing him. Like, uh, it's gone past five o'clock stubble, and it's, uh, it looks like he hasn't shaved in about a week.
2: Yeah, you order a coffee, and the barista, like, adds an extra shot of espresso, and is like, yeah, you know, on the house. Uh,
4: uh you know, what I'm gonna say is that a, uh, uh, deep, pretty well-dressed, uh, Brandon Hart, uh, out of costume, sits down across from...
1: yeah. uh, Carson on. Um, Yeah, I see the... Yeah, that's the table where I've set up, and after she gives me the free espresso shot, I stare at the cup for a little bit, wondering how to respond to that before doing a mental shrug and uh, tipping her five bucks. And then I'm gonna take the cup, and I'm gonna go and sit down. Just kind of, uh, not so much uh, sit down as sort of just slouch into my chair. Yeah.
4: So... A hard, uh, couple of... Wait, it's been a week?
1: Um, like, how many
4: since we- the, how many weeks since the fight
2: been? from, uh, with, um, Hundo, it's been a couple weeks, I'd say. No, do not fucking call him that. His name is Percent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but he got the villain sheet and everything, guys!
4: Um, so, yeah, Brandon Hart will sit down uh, opposite you, uh, with his coffee. Tough couple weeks, huh?
1: Mm, yeah.
4: Kinda... Let's uh, the awkward air sit for a bit um, before speaking up again. Look, um, you can talk with us about it. And this is a job, but also, you know, we are here for you.
1: Yeah, maybe, like, I'm not trying to feel as though I'm being uncommunicative with you guys. I've been trying to process stuff over those last few weeks, because... Everything with Randall and the police, it's been a lot because, look, we're meeting this person in a little bit. I don't want to get into it now and have this hanging over you when we're about to talk to somebody who is really interested in meeting us. So we'll talk later when we have the time for it, okay?
4: Okay. Just remember, you are part of the team now. We, uh, and at this point he actually punches you in the shoulder. We, uh, you finished your initiation already, so, uh, chin up.
1: Yeah. Hey, am I, like, and Carson on just one? It, it looks as though Carson's about to ask something, then it looks like he thinks better of it and stays a bit quiet. Okay, thanks.
4: Uh, Bran's just gonna nod and then, um, walk off. Because he has to be, he has to meet this person as Mr. Medium, presumably, yeah. so. Okay.
1: All right. And so I've set up uh, something with Epimethia where basically the, the, the equipment in her suit can sort of pick things up, you know, in communication devices and stuff. And I've set up a laptop with basically a secure comms channel and a pair of headphones. So to anybody else who may be like nearby, it looks like I'm listening to music or I'm on a phone call or something, but I am mm-hmm. listening to the conversation.
2: All right. So, yeah, I'll say you set up in the coffee shop.
0: Hey everyone, thanks for listening. You can find us on Tumblr at listentothesenerds.tumblr.com or on Twitter at lttncast. All our music is sourced from incompetech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. You can email us at nerds at gmail.com